cliffcentral.com. We shall go to Dr. Hanan Bushkin, and this is part of what we do on a Monday. It's called It's Going to Be Okay. And this is a chance for you to uh, pose your questions, to help solve conflict issues. And this morning, I've got an email. Hey, Dr. Hanan. Hey, guys. Nice to see you. I've got an email here from nice Sue. To see you. So Sue has this to say. She says, Dr. Hanan, how does one recover from 30 years of low-level anxiety and treading water? My husband and I have four children. I don't think I had the skill set for this huge job. My husband is an incredible father, but he worked long hours at a hospital. Apart from trying to keep him alive with a healthy lifestyle, running to doctors and hospitals for illnesses and emergencies, it's an even bigger job if they're kids that want to excel in sport and academics, not to mention the socializing. Basically, I feel like I've been on duty and semi-alert 24-7, and that includes weekends and holidays. Even though they're now all at varsity or working and are relatively decent and competent people, I still panic every time I get a call from my kids. I love the way this mom, by the way, is totally objective about her children. She says, it has been lots of fun and laughter as well, and I am extremely grateful. But I feel like I've changed from being a very easygoing person to being the most anxious person, and I don't know how to recover. <sighs> Parents, hey, they've got a tough job. There's no, there's no. Yeah, unfortunately, there's no manual for that one. No, no manual. Yeah. So, so where do we start with no. Sue? Like, how do we, how do we make Sue feel that it's okay? Because she seems to have done uh, a better than average job, if you consider how many parents let their kids kind of grow up like feral cats. Right. So there, there are a couple of points here that I think might be valuable to for Sue to take into account. You know, one of the we have a couple of nutrients that we need from our environment. And uh, one of the biggest ones that we need, we don't want, we need it, is a sense of purpose, a career, a path, a thing that you can identify with that carries you forward, that gives you that structure. So when I turn to someone and go, so tell me about you, when they start the sentence with I am, I have a way they're going to finish that sentence, that's part of their identity, that's part of who they are. And when we lose that sense of purpose, then we begin to psychologically break down. So, you know, I hear this a lot. 75-year-old male, as strong as an ox retires, two years later, he's dead because mm -hmm. he lost his sense of purpose. Yeah. Had an interesting story with a patient of mine. She, her husband was shot in the back uh, 35 years ago, and he became a quadriplegic, and he passed away last year. And she sits here at the practice and she says to me, Hanan, I'm devastated, but I'm not upset that he's gone. And I said to her, why? She says, well, because he's in a better place. The reason why she is devastated is because she lost her sense of purpose. Hmm. Her identity changed. So for 35 years, she's been waking up for him, going to this camp for him, doing the shopping for him, looking after him. And in a split second, that sense of identity disappears when you you get a mother that's been looking after the kids for 35 years and she feels wonderful and then the kids leave the house and she feels completely empty because a sense of identity changes so to sue obviously the running around the the fetching and the picking up and the doing everything for the kids and having an identity as a mother mm. was obviously something that she felt very comfortable with but the moment your environment changes, your identity changes too. And what happens with a lot of people is that they don't adjust to their environment. So they want to keep to an old identity with a new environment. And that's when the anxiety comes in because you're using old tools or old strategies for managing new environments. So the key is really to not hold on to your identity as it was, 
but rather redefine and change your identity in line with the environment that you're in at the moment. All right, but then she talks about this anxiety, which I think, you know, that's a, that's another part to this whole discussion because I, I love the way you explained the whole identity and purpose thing because I think that comes up over and over again. It seems to be a fairly axiomatic truth, this idea that if you don't have a purpose, then you, you, you start to, to deteriorate uh, mentally and, and, and psychologically and, and emotionally, frankly. But this idea of anxiety then becoming baked in for Sue because now – even though her kids are grown up, she feels like every time they call, there might be some something something going wrong. You know, like there's this this idea that she's got to be on standby for her children for the rest of their lives, which a lot of parents feel, sometimes for better, sometimes for worse. In this case, it's making her anxious. Is there something she can do about uh, that? So, first of all, let's just unpack what is emotion. We've discussed this on the show a couple of times, but for those of you who haven't heard it, it's a thing that might be really valuable. Emotions are, everybody goes through the whole wheel of emotions. So if you're the kind of person that says, oh, I never feel sad, I never feel anxious, I never feel insecure, I never feel frustrated, well, you, there's something wrong with you, frankly. You, we all need to feel it. We need to feel it. Emotions are our warning signs that whatever we are confronting in, or whatever we are, whatever's in front of us, we need to deal with in a particular way. So the, obviously the, the extreme analogy, if a lion is in the room, I need to feel anxious. If I'm about to be attacked by something, I need to feel a sense of anger because adrenaline needs to shoot through my system so I can survive the attacker. If a kid gets bullied at school, depression sounds pretty bad, but depression is really helpful. And people go, well, how can depression be helpful if a kid gets bullied at school? Well, because then the guard comes up, the Kid starts to withdraw. It doesn't want to go to school. A tummy bug before school, which is really helpful because it helps the kid deal with the bully. Hmm. So emotions are really, really helpful when they're reasonable because it's an accurate message to, hey, I need to deal with my environment in a different way. But when you, your emotions are unreasonable, in other words, you feel anger when you shouldn't, yeah. depression when you shouldn't, insecure when you shouldn't, anxiety when you shouldn't, that's when it starts breaking you down unnecessarily so. I'm suggesting that her anxiety is 100% reasonable. Okay. What she's feeling is 100% reasonable. It's a message to her to start adjusting to a new environment. Now, she's saying, well, for X amount of years, for 35 years, she's been looking after the kids and putting them first. Okay. Okay, I get it. But now it no longer works for her. Mm. So maybe instead of putting the kids first – which was helpful for 35 years, maybe that anxiety is telling her, hold on, maybe you need to change your approach and maybe put yourself first. But I'm going to also predict something else. She doesn't know how to do that. Uh-huh. She doesn't know how to do that. Yeah, this is she's big. been she's been she's been riding a bicycle for 35 years. And now you put her in a car and she's like, what do I do with this thing? <laughs> what do I do with this thing? Because it doesn't work the same way. I'm paddling and paddling, but the car is not moving because, again, she's using old strategy, strategies to manage new environments. So I'm suggesting to her your anxiety is 100% reasonable, and now you need to put yourself first, and you need to experiment with it. Nobody gets into a car for the first time and goes, I know how to do it. I'm not expecting her to know how to put herself first, but I'm expecting her to go and experiment and experiment and bungee jump, bungee jump until that feels natural. Yeah, that's hard to do, hey? especially because um, 
again, going back to your identity thing earlier, like if you if being a mom is is the most important thing about you for so many years, you start to kind of internalize that. It becomes your blueprint for everything that you do. You look at everything from a mom's point of view. I mean, here Michael says, and I'd like your comments on this, Dr. Hanan, people who already have a purpose before they have children make much better parents than those who turn their children into their primary focus. Would you agree with that? I don't think we can throw a blanket statement. The truth is I know many parents that um, make their children their purpose and they do a damn good job at it. Mm. And I know many parents who have full-time jobs whose purpose are the jobs and they don't do a good job of being parents. Um, and I know it the other way around too. So I think as long as you're not dependent mm. on anything, for your own survival and you kind of spread the risk, I think that's really healthy. So I'll give you an analogy. Imagine you're on a bus and you're holding on to the poles of the bus for stability. We call actually, we call them psychological anchors. Sure. Now we all need those anchors. And sometimes the bus goes through a rough road. Sometimes the bus goes through a smooth road. And when the bus goes through a rough road, we need to hold on to our anchors. Now imagine people that don't have anything to hold on to, then they begin to fall apart. That's a metaphor for life. So depression, anxiety, insecurity, guilt, frustration, anger, resentment, burnout, sometimes even suicide. Now imagine having one pole on the bus to hold on to versus having eight. The person that has the one is holding or she's holding on to it a dear life and God forbid anything takes it away from me. And that's when the anxiety comes in because you protect it at all costs versus having eight now suddenly one disappears. It doesn't matter because I still feel anchored. So you want to mm. spread your anchors as with as many things as you can. So you're not dependent on the one for your psychological, emotional survival. Is there such a thing in your mind as empty nest syndrome? Because this is kind of the overlap that I think we're talking about with Sue's email, you know, for a lot of, of, of moms, maybe dads as well, maybe, um, you know, maybe people even in a household where they've always been children around, suddenly those kids grow up and move out. And, and it does sort of feel like the environment's changed quite a lot for them. And sometimes, sure. sometimes there's, there's this emptiness, there's this hollowness, there's this gap that's been left. Um, it's almost, sure. it's, it's almost like sure. loss and grief, right? Definitely. Because again, shifting your identity and that's what loss is loss is my identity was x and in a split second it turns to y and i haven't had time to adjust to driving this car i've been riding a bicycle now i need to adjust mm -hmm. to driving the car that's what loss is and an emptiness syndrome is exactly the same thing my world was x and now my world is y and i don't know how to adjust but the key for sue is not to hold on to old skills but rather marry the new environment and develop new skills. But you've got to understand, and Sue, you have to understand that when you develop new skills, it comes with anxiety. It comes with frustration. It yeah. comes with anger. It comes with uh, uh, guilt. It comes with all the emotion. Nobody ever develops a skill and goes, this is, e as a matter of fact, if it's easy, you're not developing a skill. All yeah. you're doing is staying in your comfort zone being biased or pretending or bullshitting yourself into believing that you're developing a new skill to develop a new skill comes with all these negative emotions, so-called negative appropriate emotions, but that's what she has to do. She has to dive in into a new world, a new identity and adjust. Beautiful. Dr. Hanan, would it yeah. be appropriate for her children 
because you know you, you'd need to reinforce it in her. She she needs the feedback. Is would it be appropriate for her children to go? Mom, it's over now. That that part you've done the eighteen years. You've sent us to university. Now it's your time. Like, do they need to keep communicating to her that you, you know it's your time now? Because sometimes she she can only know that if the, you know the thing that's making her anxious maybe is the kids going. Do the kids need to yeah. communicate to her constantly that it's your time? So, Mbulelo, that's a really great point. You know, like it takes, ideally, it will take two to tango because for an addiction to happen, there has to be an addict and there has to be a drug. So if she, if she wants to work hard at changing her identity and changing her skill set, but her kids are still acting and needing her or feeding her the drug that she's had for so many years, it's going to be very difficult for her to do that. So what I would advise for Sue is to turn to her kids and say, this, I want to look after myself. Please, I need us to connect the practical disconnect, the emotional disconnect, the intellectual disconnect. So just as a practical example, if she, if she follows her kids on, um, you know, those, um, those GPS apps where I, you can tell I, where your kids are at any point. Yeah. So I would, I would advise the kids to turn to her and say, we're going off the app. You yeah. no longer need to see me or where I am at what time I'm arriving because your role in, in, as in that department needs to change. So it's definitely right. a give and take by both mom and children, for sure. Sure. Well, that's all we got time for this morning. Uh, Dr. Hanan, thank you very much. We'll catch up with you in a week's time. And don't forget, if you've got some situation in your life that you would like us to help you deal with, you, you might need a professional like Dr. Hanan's help, and we can do that here. And the reason we want to do it on the show is because then it'll help other people who might not be as brave and might not actually bring their stories to us like you could. And, and you have nothing to fear. If you, um, if you want to bring on the person that you're in, in, a, in a conflict with, the situation that you need explained, bring it on. You know this is a one of the a few places where you can get the free advice from Dr. Hanan that you might want. And you can get to help others along the way. So you can probably make yourself feel good about that too, because who knows? Someone listening may need exactly the answers that you're getting. And we'd love to help you. So contact at cliffcentral.com. Thanks, Dr. Hanan. We'll speak to you later. Nice to see you guys. Cool, cool. Cheers. Cliffcentral.com.